The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac and I, and joining me as always is Portia. Hello, Macca. How are you today? Very well, thanks. Very well. Looking we forward to get... this one. So, which DFA are we going to get of the 10 zillion that have been delisted today? Well, I thought we'd have a quick chat about that. <laughs> That's a great idea, I reckon. Um, I guess there's probably two main ones. And the first one we've been half-linked to already, and that's... Uh, I don't even think he's been delisted yet, but that's Trent McKenzie from Gold Coast, who's um, played over 100 games from Gold Coast. He's actually their fourth-highest games played player, which is a bit of a surprise because he's barely played the last couple of years. Um, the Cannon, as he's known. How do you feel about uh, the Cannon? No, I, I don't really have an opinion. Sorry. No opinion. That's great. No, on a no opinion-based uh, opinion uh, <laughs> online show. That's wonderful. <laughs> it's not even a name that I've bothered learning at all, so no. Trent McKenzie. Trent McKenzie, I can't think of off the top of my head. I'm have to watch the football because I, I don't know the name. I'll probably know the player when I look at him. But you'll shit, you'll, I don't know, the you'll name. know him as soon as you see his face. You'll you'll recognise him. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I reckon he's um. Yeah. Look, he's an interesting one. I think in the role that Gold Coast play him, I don't think we need him at all because um, I don't think they utilise his talent at all. Um, I think he looked best in his first couple of years when he was playing sort of more on a wing or across half forward. And I think that's where you really want to play someone that has a 70-metre kick. Um, you know, he could be our sort of uh, new floodbuster sort of thing. I was going to say, you want him to be the Hamish Hartlett that Hamish Hartlett isn't. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> uh, if it kills me, I'm going to get someone that can do that <laughs> in that sort of role. I reckon he's perfect in that, in that sort of role. They've been playing him in a back pocket where he just sort of kicks in, kicks to himself and then boots it as hard as he can sort of thing, which... You know, he's probably why he's being delisted, really, because his efficiency is down and he's not all that great defensively either. Um, look, I'm mildly interested in Trent McKenzie because I think he's got a lot of talent, a lot of natural talent. And I think, um, given that he's worked with Ken before, uh, I can see why we might be interested. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's, if he's got 100 games up, yeah, I guess. I mean, it just seems like, yeah. Look, we're talking, we're talking about you know the thirty-something the guy on our list, aren't we? So yeah, sure. No, why not? <laughs> look, I think that um, if if we're going to pick him up to play the same sort of role that he's playing at Gold Coast, then definitely not because well, no, we've got that no covered. There, isn't he? Yeah, we've got that covered. We don't yeah. need someone to do that. But I think for someone in sort of like a high half forward type role. We could certainly do with someone of his size and ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Mm. Um, yeah, as a backup, sure. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> you don't sound all that convinced. That's fine. I'm, I'm fifty-fifty. I think, yeah, it'll be interesting if we do, and if we also pick up Lindsay Thomas. Um, right. I don't know. It's we're putting a lot of uh yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting strategy this one. I don't know if 
uh, crazy bossy sort of got hold of the list manager position at our club <laughs> or not. Um, but it, it, it he, seems to be a little he gave bit strange. Picks, though. He gave out picks, that was the difference. True. Uh, the other one that's probably half interesting is Billy Hartung. Um, no, he's not. Which might be a half of a surprise because he just seems to have played a lot of footy for Hawthorne over the last four years, but um, is now out of a spot at the club. Yeah, no, uh, I definitely don't want him at Port Adelaide. Um, <laughs> in those circumstances, he's a, he's a he, he shouldn't be playing football at AFL level. He, um, he's all consistently a player at Hawthorne that you think, oh, Hawthorne's in the twenty-two, we've got a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you mean. There's things that are like he's almost, he's kind of like a, a slightly better version of Impey in the way that he he can actually get the ball, uh, which Impey can't. Um, so it's it's very interesting that they've you know chased down Jarman Impey but have delisted Billy Hartung when Hartung's probably a slightly better player. But well, he's got really good pace. He's got great endurance. I think he holds the record uh, for the beep test at the draft camp. Um, and that's pretty much where it ends with Billy Hartung. Uh, he's got poor decision-making, poor skills, and he's very, very soft. Yeah, no, he's, there's nothing from his game that I enjoy watching at all at any point. Um, I definitely, if, if I don't care. If you guys, if, the, if someone else wants him and they want to turn him into like a, an extra 50-game player or something, fine. I don't want that to be poor because it'll mean we're not doing well at all. Yeah, I can I can see why we might chase that sort of player, but I don't know. Maybe in a different environment, he might uh, he might improve the things that he needs to improve. But I, I'm also happy to uh, to say nah, go somewhere else. There was a rumor going around that um, that uh, West Coast had offered him a four year deal mid year, but obviously that hasn't happened or was a load of rubbish. But I guess we'll wait and see where he ends up. Because I'm pretty certain he'll find a new home. Yeah, yeah, okay. You right? Oh, I mean, I guess Gold Coast, they just need anyone, don't they? They need senior players, so yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, he, he would play pretty much every game for about seven or eight different clubs, I reckon. Yeah, but not the good ones. Yeah, I never said they, they were good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I just said seven or eight clubs. Yeah, I know, well... That's really what we're talking about there, isn't well, it? Well, he'd play every week for Collingwood and Gold Coast and Brisbane and Carlton yeah. and West Coast and Fremantle and, you know, probably another North Melbourne, potentially Melbourne as well. Uh, St Kilda might be interested. I think there's probably everyone that's outside of the eight probably could do with someone like him. Yeah, I guess... Uh, um, no, look, I don't agree. I can't. You, you can't make a case that I don't convince you, Macker. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just it's still a bit of a strange <laughs> one because look, he's got obvious issues. But why did Hawthorne keep playing him so much? Like he's the, he was their fourth highest disposal per game winner this year, and he's now delisted after playing 18 games. Played what 20 the last couple of years as well. Oh. I don't know. We've done it at Port Adelaide. We've done it. Maybe it was a Clarkson thing all along. <laughs> it seems you like a strange list management. It is strange list management. There's a lot of things that Hawthorne have done in the recent few years that have seemed a little bit strange from time to time. So, um, you know, it might just be that they have lost the plot of what they need to be doing. It's obviously not an easy situation to manage a, a declining list. 
uh, there's not many clubs that have done it. Sydney's the only one I can think of that have really done it properly. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's probably just AFL standard and they're making bad decisions because the, the list is sort of on the downswing and they're thinking things like, oh, well, we'll play for extra extra, extra time to the young players and all that sort of stuff, which is okay. That's yeah. fine. Because, you know, that's exactly who Billy Hartung's keeping out. You know, he's the Tom Logan of Hawthorne except shitter, <laughs> um, really. And uh, that's, you know, that, that's exactly the role that you bring a young guy into play as his. So I can understand from that perspective getting rid of him. Um, yeah. You know, if you do that, you, then your first-round pick, or have they got a first-round pick this year? <laughs> I don't know. Um, then, you know, any guy, young guys you bring in, like, they'll slot straight into that spot. And, yeah, they'll probably get smashed, but, you know, they wouldn't be the first rookies to get smashed in a team that's not doing very well. Yeah, St Kilda's got their first round pick this year, so... Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyone else sort of tickle your fancy a little bit from the... Uh, look, there's, and there's only one, and I'm not I'm not exactly, you know, waving a flag around saying, yeah, yeah, whoa, whoa. Uh, Josh Hill from West Coast. Okay. Um, I, did, I did sort of look at him and I thought, well, if... You know, if we're chasing Lindsay Thomas, I think Josh Hill's probably yeah, right? a slightly better player. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, you look through his games this year. Like he only kicked, I think, a goal a game, which is not ideal for a guy that's basically a forward. Um, but it wasn't as though he kicked, you know, six goals against the shittest team in the league or anything like that. Like he kicked goals in a few important games and then just mm. got dropped and didn't get back in the side. Um, yeah. Like again, if we're talking about the thirtieth player on our list, like I think that's the sort of player that would add something for us, um, particularly with Cracker gone. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's a straight swap for player type, but it's not too far off and more forward focused than being a defender. So Yeah. Well that's probably why we're chasing Lindsay Thomas. And the club would Could obviously be. think that Thomas is maybe slightly better. Um, which I guess is fair enough too. Yeah, I'm not gonna disagree with that. Mm. Yeah. So we've got uh, before we get on to the draft stuff, we've got one question from uh, Bigfooty to start with, and that's from yeah. Mr Port Adelaide. He wants an on-air apologies from you, Porsche, for last year's rant of uh, trading out this year's first-round pick um, on a draft that uh, you swore was going to be one of the best in years, but turned out to be a flop. Um, And uh, if you could do it in your best uh, Marilyn Monroe voice, uh, that would be even better. I disagree with a lot of that. Um, I didn't say it was going to be the best draft ever. I said it was going to be a tools draft, which it certainly is. Even South Australia's got them. Um, it's not the deepest draft, and there's a lot of guys that you say, oh, I don't know, um, but there have been a lot of good players coming out of draft years like that. Uh, and if we're talking about Marshall, um, I mean, the latest, well, not the latest, but a phantom draft I read recently had Sam Hayes around pick 20. Um, if I'm choosing between Sam Hayes and Todd Marshall, that's a really tough choice for me, and probably the only reason it's tough is because my attachment to Todd Marshall now is already a poor player. Um, if you'd asked me last year, I would have said Sam Hayes every time. Thanks. So, mm. you know, I reckon for the tools, this is still a good draft for it. And particularly with guys like Brander not being academy aligned all of a sudden, um, you know, big bonus. So wherever we'd finished, we could have got a tall with our first round pick, a tall Ford or Ruckman. And, of course, Sam Hayes is a bit of both. He would be perfect to match with Paddy Ryder. So no, no apology. <laughs> Fair enough. Bad luck. That is an interesting one, whether you'd prefer Todd Marshall or... Your pick out of Sam Hayes, Callum Coleman Jones, a bunch and, of others, and uh, potentially Darcy Fogarty, who we're about to talk about, uh, who would all likely be there with our first round pick. 
yeah, right? You know, like that's that's, that's inter- a conversation. It's, a, it's an interesting, yeah, it's, it's worthy of a debate, that one. Um, it would be an interesting discussion, that. It would be. I'm um, so happy with Todd because I think Todd will be better than, uh, than probably all of those. For me, the main thing that leans me towards Todd now is something that's only just happened, which is bringing in Jack Watts. And the reason that makes me more towards Todd Marshall is because we now have a three different kinds of forwards in our forward line, if they all play, which hopefully they do, in that we've got Charlie Dixon, traditional power forward. We've got Jack Watts as a finisher, you know, the guy that will always get the goal, theoretically. Uh, and then you're adding Marshall as a third dimension for pace. Like, those three as matchups. If you've got those three dimensions in your key, in, as strengths in your different key forwards, or and up down to third forward, obviously, that... That's tough. That's a tough one because you've probably only got one ideal matchup for each one, and if it's not working, then what do you do? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. So uh, I, that's that's probably sways me towards it. Whereas if we added a Sam Hayes in for Todd Marshall next year, with Watts around as well, um, I mean that might be a little bit of what Melbourne are trying to try to get rid of Jack Watts for is because they've got a couple of guys like Wiedemann and Hogan, who yeah they're they're both legit talls and having a, a third tall like Watts around maybe is cramping their style while they're developing still. So. Although Hogan, yeah, no, Hogan's still developing. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe. So maybe that's that's part of why they did that, and that's sort of maybe that's part of why I would lean slightly more towards Marshall now. But we didn't know Jack Watts was going to get traded a year ago, did we? So no, <laughs> no, that's it. Well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, some of these youngsters. The first one we're going to talk about is um, the much talked about Darcy Fogarty, who's 192 centimeters, 92 kilos, uh, plays for Glenelg. He's uh, a bit of a utility. He can play anywhere. Um, has mostly played across sort of half forward. Has played across half back. Uh, I think clubs are trying to uh, convince themselves that he might be able to turn into a midfielder as well. Uh, plays a bit like Ben Lennon, maybe a bit like Christian Petraka as well. Um, now look, he he didn't have a great year this year. He started no. the year as the uh, um, I guess the uh, the number one pick elect. I guess you'd say. Um, and he probably hasn't lived up to expectation. Uh, yeah, no, he certainly... I think the reason... I think this made people probably doubt him not living up to expectation more than most is just the sheer volume of opportunity he was given in the championships to turn around. Um, you know, he was played in every position that he could, uh, and when they weren't working, you get sure who's another one, and he'd, he'd still be doing kind of okay. Like, as a tall midfielder, you, you can tell, like, that someone decided that's a good idea, but he didn't even seem all that effective um, in that role, really. Uh, kind of slow and, and not really doing a lot. Um, as a key forward, he was all right. He was nothing, nothing special. Um, yeah. And as a backman, well, he just didn't do anything really amazing there either. Um, he... We've talked about this offline, haven't we, Macca, just after the last week's one about Darcy Fogarty, where we think he's been told he's going to be the number one pick for a long time and he's kind of having to readjust. Yeah. Um, and that, that, the championships games, that exactly speaks to a player that thinks he's better than he is. And that's not an insult, but that his perception of what he can do doesn't match up to what he is currently capable of. Yeah. Um, Look, it, it just seems, I don't know if it's, I, I don't think it's arrogance. I'm not sure if it's hubris. No. I think it's a case of, I'm really highly rated here um, and I'm going to try and play accordingly, maybe trying a little bit too hard. Yeah. Um, and that's 
maybe not a bad thing, but he's taking at, the wrong at some point. Yeah, at, at some point you got to just put your head down and just get the ball, <laughs> which he really struggled to do this year. He he played a few games at uh, SNFL league level for Glenelg, um, and uh, what well, averaged about uh, I think eleven touches a game. Um, he was no better at the championships. Uh, his first two games were not too bad. He kicked a couple of goals in each. He was an absolute disaster against Vic Metro, though. He only only had four touches for the game. Was absolutely destroyed by Nick Caulfield. Um, was moved into the midfield, couldn't get a kick. Was moved deep forward, couldn't get a kick. Um, played down back in the last game against Vic Country and did all right there um, as that sort of intercept defender. Look, I still like him, I guess, as uh, up in the forward line because he's he's strong. He's got a mature body already. He'll be able to fit in straight away so long as he can get his form right. Um, and when he does actually get the ball, he is pretty useful with it, I've got to say. Like, his impact per possession, I think, is pretty high. Yeah, and look, I mean, the other thing, you talk about having a mature body and that is kind of put him in an awkward spot in the current AFL and that might turn around because occasionally it does. But 192 centimetres, that's – if you these days, if you're 192 centimetres and you're in the AFL under-18s, then you really want to be have you know, legit endurance slash midfield capability um, because that's a little bit too short for your key position player. So if that means you're competing with the third tall forwards and third tall backmen for a spot, and as far as draft yeah, that I would think that would automatically drop you a fair bit. So um, that's not his fault, but he has to reinvent – based on what he's become. Uh, and we didn't see evidence of that happening in the championship, certainly. No, that's right. Look, I think he's got good burst speed on the lead. I think that's something that I like. He's a really strong grab. I like that. He's capable of taking good contested marks. I like that. He's a nice kick for goal. I like that. Um, but, yeah, there were times at the chance where he just sort of got the bowl and tried to do too much and failed miserably. And uh, that, that was something that I didn't like. He's just got to find, you know, great players can find a way to get themselves into a game when things aren't going their way. And Darcy has to work on that at the moment because I think when the when the chips are down, he's nowhere to be seen. And maybe that gets in his head a little bit and just makes things worse. I'm not too sure. Um, but it's certainly something that I think he needs to work on is that when the chips chips are down for him or his team, he needs to be able to, you know, dig deep, build on that sort of leadership, and say, "Right, I'm going to turn it around." Yeah, yeah. Um, he's I'm, look. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he can do really. Um, just on the you know not being arrogant, like he probably isn't arrogant, but he's been told things. Like he's been he can read his press. We were we were hearing about Darcy Fogarty last year. Um, as being a potential top pick this year. And that, you know, for a teenager, that's really tough to deal with. Like, it's tough for, it's going to be tough for even Cam Rayner right now as the reigning potential number one, like next year. What's he going to do if he doesn't play in the first five games? He's going to be, oh, whoa, calamity. Um, that's going to be rough to deal with too. Yeah. Um, I, think, I, think, I think the thing that concerns me most about Darcy Fogarty is that he doesn't have the agility of his peers. Um. So, like, you take a guy like Nathan Kruger, um, he's behind him in a lot of factors. Um, he's got a bit more, probably a little bit more class when he's got the ball. But mm-hmm. apart from that, like, Kruger would be ahead. Um, a lot of the underage tools would be ahead. 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, where does he? Where does well, he? What does he become? Really needs level? to have epic agility. I don't think. I think. Well, that, that's. Does he have the leap? Uh, I think he's got a pretty good leap. Yeah. It's all I right. Think, yeah. I think um, it's a matter of trying to work out where he plays, and I think the key yeah. for Darcy Fogarty next year, and probably over the first sort of two to three years of his career, is to hope and pray that a club that picks him up just puts him in a position and says, I think you are X, and yeah. I'm going to develop you as X, as opposed to, I think you can play here, here, I think you can go in the midfield, I think you can go down back when we need you down back, and I think you can play out of a forward pocket, and I think you can play as a lead-up forward as well, where he's just going to be thrown all over the place, and isn't going to be able to be developed as he should be in uh, one set position. So if what, what I would hope for Darcy Fogarty is that someone says, I think you're going to be a deep forward, and they develop him as a deep forward. I think you're going to be an inside midfielder, so they develop him as an inside midfielder. I think that's going to be really important for him. Yeah. Um, I guess the question is, do you rate him? Where do you rate him? And where do you think he's likely to go? Um. Well, I guess I'll answer the first question first, which is one of my invention, um, which is, do I want to report Adelaide? And the answer is, I don't. And that's not to say that I don't think he's even rookieable. It's nothing like that. It's that I think he's a guy that, because of the circumstances of where he is at physically and in terms of his game, it's going to take a lot of effort to fit him into an AFL side that is already established. Um, so I do hope he goes to a club that can develop him that maybe has a bit of room to hang on to him for two years or so and just really do what you just said, Macca, really just work out what he's going to have the best aptitudes for and set him up for it. Um, he's not first round, uh, in my view. Um, he might be second, but he could drop. Like, you know, he, he could drop. He could drop if I don't know how. This is the big mm. thing. I think with a guy like him, interviewing is going to be hugely important to what club what clubs are willing to bid on him, because it's all about how he comes back from this year. You know, he's had the under seventeens year or under sixteen, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, and he's done all right. Um, and he had the big reputation then. So then this year, how, do they think he can correct? You know, what's his situation? Um, I'm saying that it might be, yeah, okay, he's physically different, but maybe there's something else going on that we don't know about. And I think that in these sorts of cases where there is that kind of disparity, yeah, the interviews are going to be hugely important. So that, yeah. that makes that makes it, un, I have no idea where he's going to go in this draft now uh, based on that. Yeah. Um, Look, I think, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I think his lack of a dominant game is going to hold against mm. him, I think his questionable work rate, which a lot of people have sort of yeah. brought up this year, uh, is going to hold against him. Uh, th- there's other things like, has he reached his physical peak already? Um, just yeah. how much development does he have left in it? Now, I think they're pretty fair questions as well. Does he win enough of the bowl to be worthy of a first-round pick? Is his work rate good enough? I think he's got... I think he's, it's obvious he's got a lot of talent. Um, but I just... Yeah, there's no way he's going near pick one now. I still think he'll go first round because a, a team will look at his underage year and uh, they'll look at his size and think, yeah, we, there's certainly something that we can work with here. Um, I think he'll probably fall out of the top five. I think Collingwood at six will probably be the first one to look at him because um, they need tolls, they need forwards. Um, he'll be of interest there. I think he might be considered best available by St Kilda. 
I think the dogs might look at him with nine as a bit of a stringer replacement as well. And no. I think if he gets past them, I can't see him getting past the Crows at 12. Wow. I reckon, I, I'm pretty confident. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't speak. I can't speak for other clubs. I can't speak for clubs. But for me, it just feels like he's the sort of guy that if he got drafted before we had our pick, I'd think, cool. We've been bumped up a pick. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, for me, he started the uh, number three for me in my rankings, and now okay. he's uh, 21. Yeah. So he okay. has fallen yeah. a fair bit. Um. But look, good good luck to him because I think it's yeah. he's going to be the first South Australian picked, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see his career how it pans out. Um, I reckon the Crows would be stoked to get him at, at twelve, to be honest. And uh, he's, he's certainly saleable to their fans. Oh, for um, sure. If, if they say, "Oh, we got you know the guy rated as a number three pick last year for Charlie well, Cameron," it's the, it's then the James Seller. It's the James Seller scenario <laughs> again, isn't it? Like, yeah, uh, yeah really, literally. Oh, he yeah. was he was rated number one pick. At the start of the year, this is bloody fantastic. You know, we've got, a, we've got the biggest slider in the draft and uh, they'll be hoping he has a much better career than James Seller did, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, I just want to say one thing. Like, you mentioned work rate a couple of times and there might be a bit of that, but I think also just work rate can also be a symptom of I don't know what I should be doing because, you know, half a second ago I was playing a defence and now I'm in the forward line. Mm. Uh, now I'm in the midfield. I don't know whether there's some adjustment period there as well. Don't know. Well, we could be just completely harsh, and maybe he was troubled by his knee injury for, he might for be. much of the season, and we just didn't get to see the best of Darcy Fogarty. But I think there's more at play than just blaming an injury as well. Yeah. But let's uh, let's move on. Talk about the next okay. play, which is uh, Jordan Houlihan, who's 185 centimeter, 78 kilo, high flying uh, forward flanker or outside midfielder, plays for Sturt. Um, he's kind of a bit like Alex Fasolo, I guess you'd say. Um, a bit of a mixed national championships. Um, I thought he was really impressive in bursts, um, but showed a fair bit of inconsistency. He kicked uh, seven goals in the four games. He had a really good day out against the Allies where he kicked uh, four goals, but um, outside of those four goals, he was kind of a, a little bit missing. Um, mm. He was a real consistent performer for Sturt at reserves level all year. He kicked 20 goals in 11 games there, including a, a bag of five and two bags of four. And uh, his best game for the year uh, came in the qualifying final where he picked up 16 touches and uh, four goals in the victory as well. He's an interesting one, Hullahan. Um mm. I think he is a guy that we might have an interest in. Um, I was going to, when you did the player comparison, I had down two players. One I thought he was a little bit Matthew Lappinish, which is an old one. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Yep. And an equally old one, um, which I'll write down... I said Matthew Lappin because I didn't want to say Brett Burton. <laughs> <laughs> there is a bit of a Birdman about him, I would say. Yeah. He's got yeah. he's got a massive leap. He's one of the most exciting players in this uh, draft. He's yeah. got a huge yeah. leap, and uh, he can take screamers and does pretty bloody often as well. So um, he's got a lot of natural athletic talent. And uh, he's got a lot of football talent as well, I reckon. Um, he recorded an 80-centimetre vertical leap um, wow. at the uh, SA Centre of Excellence testing at the start of the season, which uh, would have placed him first at the draft combine last year. Um, so that shows just how big a leap he's got. Um, things I like about him, I, I think he's got really good uh, speed on the lead. I think he's got good strong hands in front. 
Uh, he's not afraid to use his leap and, and fly for those marks. I think at ground level, he's pretty solid. Uh, I think he's a one-touch player, which I really, really like. He's got yeah. good vision when he gets the ball around goals. Um, isn't uh, uh, it, I think he's got a lot of confidence um, in his ability to kick goals, but I, I like the fact that he does look to find options as well inside 50. Um, look, he's one of my favourite players from this draft. I think he's going to be long gone by our first pick. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know that he'll be long gone, um, but he if you're looking for a guy, and you, if you're a coach out there in the AFL and you say, okay, what we want is a guy that can be a lead-out forward, he's a really good kick, uh, can take a specky, um, but is also not rubbish at ground level, like, that's him. That, that This is your guy. This is your guy, you know. Um, yeah. And he's not even doing it as, like, you know, 175 centimetre guy. Like, he's, you know, good average mid-height AFL player um, to be able to do that leap as well. Um, he's he's exactly what you look at. So if we're looking at the reason why I think he might go poor, like if you're saying, oh well, gee, we kind of missed Montre's role. Oh shit, okay, there we go, <laughs> fixed. <laughs> you know, oh, just I, would, that... I would slot him in straight away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Hooli, yeah. And I think he'd be great, but yeah. as I said, I reckon he'll be uh, he'll be well gone by the time our pick forty six comes around. I reckon comfortably, uh, comfortably. Com- comfortably, yeah. Um, because he's the sort of player that you kind of look for. Um, yeah. Almost like Will Haywood last year, where um, yeah, yeah. There, there was a lot to like, but he just there was some things that he needed to work on. But you kind of knew that someone's just going to take that risk early, and I reckon he might be the same Jordan Houlihan. I reckon a club could potentially look sort of maybe late first round. I think he sits in that second round bracket pretty well. Um, I agree. I think he'll likely be gone by pick thirty, and uh, a club's going to be pretty happy to get him. I think in a draft where there's a lot of players that maybe have got a, a deficiency that makes you go, mm, don't I? Um, I think the fact that he, you know, all he's lacking is that uh, ball magnetism, um, which yep. is a forward, you know, because he is a forward. He's not a he's not a forward midfielder. Like he really is legitimately a forward. He's a forward. That, that, yep. that can be hugely affected by your midfield performance. And as South Australia, it's not like we've got a consistent midfield performance from game to game, really. Yeah. Um, well, look, that's that's the big question mark over him is can he transition into the midfield in the future? Um, he's been a low disposal winner uh, for much of his season this year. He averaged uh, ten touches a game, I think, at um, at reserves level. If you play the one game at uh, under 18s level uh, in the midfield, and he picked up twenty eight touches, seven marks, a goal, eight tackles, seven clearances, so um, he was able to get the job done and pick up a lot of the ball on that particular day. Um, but yeah, I, whether clubs will try and develop that or just sort of leave him um, maybe in a forward pocket and use his leap, um, you know, maybe like a Mark Lacroix type, quite yeah. potentially, um, I think that might be an option for clubs too. I really just think the lead up um, marking mid, um, marking uh, mid size forward, really, that's that's what he is, and there's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. There's still a role for that, and I don't think that role's going to go away anytime soon. So. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Good luck to him. I reckon he's a gun. He's one of my favourites. Oh, I like um, him. Next player, Jackson Edwards, who's 185 okay. centimetres, 77 kilo uh, midfielder from Glenelg. Um, kind of like Dane Beams, I guess. Uh, I know a lot of play, uh, a lot of players, a lot of people have sort of related him to uh, Simon Black as well. 
And he does look Simon Blackish in sort of his running style, his kicking style, that sort of thing. Um, obviously, he's the son of Tyson Edwards, who uh, played, I think, 300-odd games for the Crows. Uh, so it is likely that he will uh, go there as a father-son, though they haven't nominated him yet. Um, look, he was one of South Australia's best players at the championships, um, averaged an elite uh, 24 touches a game, also managed uh, four marks and three tackles a game as well. Uh, SANFL level, he's uh, averaged 19 touches and four clearances a game. Had his best match uh, against the Magpies in round 14, where he picked up 26 disposals, seven clearances, and a goal. What are your thoughts on uh, on Jackson Edwards? Look, uh, because I don't... The way I did it this year is I didn't read a lot of stuff before I watched the games. Um, and the first game I saw him in was against Vic Metro. Uh, and I just kept on thinking, I thought they weren't supposed to play taggers at this level. Um, because he was not having any luck getting at the ball. He just seemed to be doing sort of breakable tackles behind Vic Metro players all game. Um, and it's only really when, like you see in the, the Allies game and the um, game against Vic Country, like he looked really good in those, um, but they were nowhere near the same quality of opposition. Um, and he looked good in those games. He looked good particularly against Vic Country um, when he was given a position where he didn't have to be too close to a guy and he could just sort of receive the ball and run downfield and set it up. Um, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. He, he just feels a bit one-dimensional to me. Um, and if he can work with that one dimension, cool. That That's okay. But like you read all that stats just now, Macca, and I'm just, I don't, they didn't seem right. <laughs> they didn't seem right to me. Um, Look, he is yeah. a good ball winner. Um, I think he's an outside midfielder in an inside midfielder's uh, athletic body because he yep. is very, very slow. Um, and that's something that I think is going to hold him back. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have to learn to be a Scott Thompson-y sort of inside mid, um, look, which he might be able to do. He's pretty good inside as well. He's got really nice quick hands, uh, can read the tap work really well, gets first possession quite often. Um, but his best work so far has been on the outside, but he just has no pace. Um, he's He's pretty slow. Um, well, I think he's got a nice kick. Um, I think he makes really good decisions with the ball on occasion. Um, though he can make poor decisions at times as well. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure where he fits. He's a player that I really, really liked last year. And I thought, God, the Crows have got an absolute potential gun here. Um, but each time I've watched him play since then, um, I've been less and less impressed. He is a guy that if I wouldn't, I don't want to report um, because I just don't think he's going to work out at AFL at all. Um, mm. Which you know, well, maybe, maybe that's why the Crows haven't nominated him yet. Maybe they're going to yeah. take the punt like they did with Ben Jarman last year and and, and think that he might fall uh, at the draft and no one's going to bid on him. Um, which is what happened with Jars last year, and uh, it, it could potentially happen. At the start of the year, I thought, yeah, he might be around that sort of late first round pick sort of mark. Um, but as the season's gone on, I'm thinking he might go sort of 30s, 40s, possibly 50s at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a, yeah, I yes. <laughs> I, look, I don't even find him interesting to talk about. He's just not a. He's just not a. a I, I don't think he's got the AFL potential because, like you said, his pace. For me, I, I did feel like his build looks athletic. 
he's got a bit of the Jordan sweets. He's, he looks athletic, but he's maybe not as athletic as he looks. Okay. Um, and yeah, he just he just seemed to really struggle at times, like really properly, like that player has vanished struggle. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. That's a big issue for me for midfielders. Our next player is a uh, Mitch Croden. Uh, who is a 175-centimetre, 88-kilo player from Sturt, uh, plays as an inside midfielder, can also play as a, as a marking small forward. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Jake Pittman from last year's South Australian crop that we spoke about. Um, and there is a bit of Brett Ebert about him as well. Um, he's got a massive leap for someone so small. He's got a huge leap, really, really sticky hands. And I can see him sort of playing that sort of... Um, you know, short full forward role in the future for someone. Um, but look, he uh, he's been one of the the uh, South Australia's best ball magnets um, for years, and he and he showed it again um, throughout this year as well. Uh, I thought he really impressed at championship level. Um, he, I think he averaged uh, twenty two touches and five tackles a game under eighteen's level for Sturdy. Averaged um, twenty two touches um, and. Uh, Picked up uh, 20 touches, 5 tackles, 5 clearances, and 5 inside 50s in the under-18s premiership side as well. Uh, Played a lot of reserves footy this year as well. Averaged 21 disposals and 5 clearances a match. And uh, did the double for Sturt. Um, He also played in their reserves grand final as well where he picked up 19 disposals. And uh, played 9 matches at senior SANFL level this year. Averaged 10 touches a game. And uh, showed to be a pretty hard tackler as well. He's a tough one. Cause he's a tough oh, one. Yep. This is the big one. This is the big one for me. And <laughs> because uh, we know your theory on uh, no short people should ever play AFL football. So that's not, that's not my theory. Yes, it is. Come on. You've been banging on about it for five years on this podcast. My theory is that there is only so many short people you can play in a side. Oh, righto. Okay. Changing the goalpost. That's all right. We, we can do that. <laughs> And you don't use a first-round pick on him. But as he's not likely to be a first-round pick, then that's not really in the factor. Yeah. Um, Mitch Croden, I like him. I <laughs> okay, like him. this is it. I like him too. I, I straight up like him. Um, I don't like him as a Brett Ebert, thank you, Macca. Um, I don't want him playing that sort of role if he ended <laughs> up at court. But I think that he's got a. I think he's got enough for his size. Okay, he's obviously extremely huge, and that might be a little bit of that man-child factor that looks like it might not upscale. But he seems to have the brain as well. And that's, like you can see, when he finds that little bit more to fix up uh, being on the end of a, a shitty pass, you know, that sort of stuff, um, where he's able to adjust that t- to that degree. I don't know. I feel like he could be an AFL player. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel the same. Um, look, he is short. He's very, very stocky. Um, but the thing he does so slow. well is, is he just wins the ball. And he is very quick. He did a 2.92... At the twenty meter sprint, um, which was uh, number one at the uh, SA Combine, uh, at the State Combine uh, that's just gone, and he's got a massive leap. He was number one at the State Combine as well for his uh, vertical leap. Um, so he's got some good athletic traits. He looks like he should be slow, but he's not. He's yeah, actually yeah. quite quick. I guess there's a bit of Will Snelling about that as well. Like he was another one in his draft year. You think. Oh, I think he might be quite slow, and then you look at his testing, and it's actually he's actually pretty quick. Um, I love how he, despite his height, he still gets first possession at stoppages on a regular basis. He knows how to dish off a quick handball, 
He can um, hit targets by foot too, he, which is he nice. Does. He's a really good kick of the footy as well. He can kick goals. I think he's a really quick thinker, which I really, really like. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's able to, to work himself out of trouble. Um, and, and someone with that leap as well um, and his sticky hands, he can take good contested marks for someone, his, which is why I've sort of compared him to someone like Brett Ebert. Because um, he was the same. Um, well, where you thought, yeah. well, th- there's no chance he's a, he's going to mark this, and then just bang! Like as soon as <laughs> the ball touches his hands, it's like super glue, you know. And Mitch Croden has that sort of um, uh, that sort of aspect to his game as well. Well, look, I mean, I'll tell you another way in which is a bit like Brett Ebert, and I was just about to say or interrupt with it when you mentioned him again, um, which is if he was three if he was three inches taller, he'd be in first round contention, in my view. Um, yeah, easily, comfortably. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, three inches taller. There's a lot Absolutely. to like about him. Um, I guess the big question is: is uh, will he be able to transition that uh, the way that he plays to AFL level with his size? Look, for me, he's he's got a lot of the things that make me say he can. Um, I I'm trying to find reasons to say he won't, and I'm I'm struggling. I'm I'm genuinely struggling. So mm. you know, that's a, that's a big one for me. <laughs> There's not many deficiencies in his game apart from his size. That's he seemed to be everything you'd want. So, yeah. So where do you what, see him potentially going? Oh, second round, maybe. Wow. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not saying early second round, but you know, second round stretches out to what 36 these days. So yeah, one around there. Okay. Fair enough. I've got him going a bit late. I reckon he'll fall to sort of. Yeah, if he falls to us, I'm, I'm pretty okay with that. Yeah, I, I think he'll be available at our first pick, to be honest. Yeah. At, at 46, I reckon he'll be there. And uh, well, whether we whether we draft him or not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, well, it's going to come up to who else is there, really. Like, if you know, if you, if there's a guy that fits a need a bit better, they've got prof, you know a genuine AFL height, then maybe he gets bumped past us, and, or maybe at one of our later picks. Yeah. But I could see, like, it, it just feels like, he should be in the second round. But when you look at who else might be there, he could drop. You know, yeah. Kind of like Dylan Clark did last year, I guess, to some degree. Yeah. Well, I, I can see him dropping to the rookie draft. I can see him going undrafted um, and falling to that secondary draft and, and someone getting some really, really top value there. Um, and I think he'd probably go in the first round of the rookie draft if he filled that way. Um, mm. look, at, at 46 at our first pick, I mean, yeah, look, it's quite possible the club might think he is best available at that pick and he might just be there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's highly possible, I think. Um, I, I guess the only thing that might put him against being at Port is that if we see him as a midfielder, we've got a midfielder that is already increasingly one-paced and he might not change that much. Um, that might be a bit of a consideration, but I don't know how much of one. Um, but he is quite quick. He is quite quick. Is he, he's not like super if, quick. If you slim him down a bit, like he's, yeah, he's quite chunky, he could probably afford to lose a couple of kilos and just trim down a, a touch. I'm not saying yeah. he's fat. I'm no, saying no. he's probably just over... Almost like Jason Paul Pleasure was. Like he's he's like yeah. a, a little bit overbuilt. He probably just needs to, to trim down a little bit in terms of muscle. And you do that, he might get even quicker again. Look, you might do. There is that upside potentially, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So we can mark down him as uh, one to potentially watch on draft night, which is nice. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Next player is uh, Thomas Smush. 
Uh, <laughs> I love that name, Smushy. Uh, 192 centimetre, 81 kilo um, defender from Woodville West Torrens can play as a key defender, can also play as a third toll as well. He's kind of like Dylan Robinson from St Kilda. Uh, he really impressed as a bottom major at the Champs last year. Um, averaged 10 touches a game there. Um, and look, he, he performed a pretty strong defensive role for South Australia at this year's Champs as well. Also averaged 10 touches and two tackles a game. Uh, switched between reserves and under-18s footy. And uh, and had a pretty good consistent year uh, this year. Averaged 17 touches and five marks a game at under-18s level, uh, which was good. Um, do you like him? I don't care about him, um, which is not to say that I think there's anything wrong with his game, but he just didn't seem. I'm not. He's a little. He's not Harrison Petty. I like Harrison Petty. We're going to talk about him in a bit, I think. Yep. Um, he's a clear Philly behind him. I, he just seemed like an underage backman, which is not to say he won't make it. You know, Elephati Carlo was underage backman. You know, like he he was not super exceptional or anything when he was drafted. He turned out to have a pretty good career. I think he might be in that same category of being a guy that you draft on. Someone drafts on draft day and go, oh yeah, sure, and then you know he retires 150 games later. You know, um, yeah. He, he, he's just he's just a he's just a backman. He he's a little bit under height to be one of the keys, which is probably a little bit of a draft dropper to some extent. Because yeah. um, I'm not convinced on his rebounding is, of being high enough quality to really, really entirely counteract that. Um, I feel like he's going to be a negator and a and a um, you know an okay rebounder. Like I just don't think his disposal's all that great. No, it's um, not. That's that's probably that and his decision making can let him down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he can put his teammates under pressure. That's one of the notes I got here as well. But he does love to take the game on. I like that about his game. I think, yeah, he's definitely going to be suited to a third toll sort of role at AFL level. I can't see him playing as a centre-half back or a full-back. Um, he does prefer to zone off, and he does read the play really well. He gets involved. He can take intercept marks and uh, and can set up the play from the defensive 50 pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it is just his kicking that can let him down. Um, he needs a bit of refinement in that regard. Like if he do, if if they reckon he's capped his growth, like he's not going to get much taller, which is highly likely at this point. Um, then he's he's really he, like he's strictly a third tall, and if you're strictly a third tall, you gotta have disposal accuracy in the AFL. Like that's expected. You can't you can't you know a good team can't carry a third tall that is anything other than an excellent kick in my view. Yep. Um. So he's got a lot of work to do. He's either he's got to either work on stretching exercises, hanging upside down from monkey bars and shit like that. I don't know, <laughs> or he's going to have to work on his disposal choice uh, and uh, uh, accuracy as well. Um, okay. But he, he's he's got a limited role at AFL level, but he could be very good at it. So that's interesting to see where he falls. Yeah, I think forty onwards is where I sort of yeah. see him uh, potentially falling to the rookie draft as well. Um, I think. Someone like Collingwood at 56 or 61 will, will look at him. Brisbane maybe at 44, Geelong at 58. And uh, North Melbourne with some of their later picks as well might be keen too. Yeah, I definitely, he's he's got a red mark for me just because um, if we're going to get a backup to replace Logan Austin, they need to be genuine AFL height because we're already a little bit iffy um, yep. in some respects. Okay, fair enough. Um, Stefan Giro is uh, the next one, who's uh, 175 centimetre, 72 kilo uh, player from Nord who plays as a small uh, midfielder. 
very much like a Sammy Gray. Um, and look, he's had an exceptional year this year, 2017. I thought he dominated at the championships for South Australia, picked up 24 touches, a couple tackles, and four clearances a game. Uh, he was our premier ball winner at that level. Uh, averaged a massive 26 touches a game across 11 reserves matches for Nord, and uh, also over five clearances and four tackles a game. Fell below 20 disposals on just two occasions throughout the season um, and played a monster match in one of his only under-18 matches where he picked up uh, 37 disposals and 18 clearances in a best-on-ground display. Yeah, I, I'm not super excited about him, but I can see why some people think he's going to have an AFL career. Yeah, he probably will. Um, he's got ball-getting ability. Um, he doesn't do much wrong. He just... To me, he didn't seem really exceptional other than his ball-getting ability, um, which is, you know, that's number one thing to have as a midfielder in the AFL or any level. Um, and I'm not saying his disposal wasn't terrible either. There's no obvious flaws in that. He just seemed kind of vanilla. Kind of vanilla. So I, as an amateur, I'm not super excited about him. As a, If I was a proper recruiter, I might be a little bit more interested. Um, but as an amateur, I'm, I'm just kind of bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, look, I think... The positives of his game is it's clear he's a natural ball magnet. That's great. Uh, I think he's a really hard worker. Uh, can run all day. I think that's great. He's got a big tank. Um, and I think he's got pretty good pace too. Uh, he's a real competitor, and that's something that I love about him. Uh, he, he really hates losing contests. He's a really strong tackler. Um, his best work's done through the midfield. Wins a lot of the ball. And, and I love his handballs as well. I think his handballing skills are really, really good. Um, he spreads really, really well. Uh, I think his um, his kicking can let him down on occasion. I think he's really good with short or medium kicks, but it's when he goes for sort of longer targets where he, he tends to sort of miss a fair bit. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it for me. Yeah, I've got, I've got nothing to add to that. Everything you just said, I agree with. I'm just not super excited. Where do you think he goes in the draft? Tough one. I think... Um, Probably ahead of Mitch Croden, I reckon. I've got him a little bit ahead just because um, I think his uh, his endurance and running ability and his ability to, to win just so much of the ball, I think a, a lot of clubs are going to be interested in. Um, I think he'll probably fall in that sort of third round sort of range as well. Um, I think so. he would really suit a team like North Melbourne, a team like Gold Coast, I think someone like West Coast might be interested. And yes, even uh, Port Adelaide too, I reckon. I can. I think the main reason why I could see him going earlier in the draft than Crowden is that I think there's less chance that he'll be nothing at AFL level, like uh, that, he, that he'll do nothing at all. I think he'll play games probably. Um, I'm not going to commit to more than, say, 10 at this point. But, you know, he'll at least, I reckon he'll at least get to a point where he'll play a few games, and depending on the club he goes at, he might play a lot of games. Um, whereas Crowden, I think there's a chance that, you know, he can, like you say, lose that little bit of weight and then elevate, and then he could become a really good player. Um, yeah, maybe Port might be interested. I'm less convinced because I just don't know that we need a guy that, while he's quite good, he's a familiar small midfielder. Hmm. Well, as I said, there is the sort of Sammy Gray's about him. I would question whether he can do what Sammy Gray's done this year, and that's convert into a semi-successful sort of flanker who can kick mm-hmm. 28 goals in a year. 
um, and, and still win a lot of the ball. I think he's going to be mostly midfield-based, um, but you never know. You never know. Yeah, well, like you're talking about him being a Sammy Gray type, but like a Sammy Gray type is off the rookie list, and this guy is going to go in around. I don't know. It doesn't sound right to me. Well, he might go. Um, look, he, he's another that might drop. Oh, I guess it depends. I mean, there's a lot of these types that in this draft who have a fair bit of talent. Uh, there's probably one or two things holding them back, whether it's size or skill or running capability or whatever. Um, and, and he's another one to add to that list of probably 35 to 40 smalls who could go as high as 28-ish or could go through the rookie draft. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's mm. fair. Mm. I, I think that's one of those things with this draft. It's just so even, it's hard to sort of predict where some types are going to go. Um, but look, I think look, someone with his bold magnet capability, I think uh, clubs are going to like that. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, next player, Charlie Ballard, who's a 195 centimetre, 81 kilo uh, midfielder from Sturt. Um He's a, a very intriguing prospect. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Charlie Bella? I think the last time I've seen someone kick like he does, and I don't mean his action, I mean his result, is Matty Primus. In that <laughs> it, it, it wobbles like crazy seemingly every time he kicks it. Um, it doesn't, I don't know. It, it seems, and he seems to be another member of the handball or hoof it brigade. Um, and if he can't handball it off, he's going to kick it a long way. Yeah. Um, and... I'm not saying that's always a bad thing, but we've seen a few of them already. <laughs> yeah. I, he, the note I wrote down here is, I think he might have an AFL career, but I can't imagine a guy like him playing for a really good side, top eight side. Um, okay. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one. He's just about the most intriguing player in this uh, draft. He's certainly one of the most unique. Uh, he's 195 centimetres and plays through the midfield. He doesn't look like he's capable of playing a key position at all, despite being nice. key position height. Um, I thought he impressed at uh, at the champs on a wing and across half forward. Uh, he averaged eighteen touches and four marks a game. Uh, he was another like uh, like Croden who um, uh, played in both the reserves and the under 18s premierships, so he did the double. Uh, he averaged over twenty touches a game at under eighteen level, which was good. Um, yeah, he's, he's an intriguing player. I think he's got really good agility for his size. Um, as I said, he, he's quite a unique midfield prospect. Uh, I, I like his marking. I like his endurance. I like his running. Um, I like his defensive pressure. Um, I like his ability to sort of get out of sort of sticky situations. Um, but he's just a strange one. He's almost like a... West off in defence. There, there is a lot of West off about him. Let's face it. There's a lot of, <laughs> you know, sort of lackadaisical, laconic sort of thing. Like, yeah, I've got, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a West off here. Uh, he looks a lot like West off. Let's face it. Um, there's a bit of Jack Watts about him as well. Sort of in his last sort of few years at uh, at Melbourne, when he was sort of sort of moving a little bit towards the wing. Um, it's a strange one. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know where to place him in this draft. I don't look. I don't. I don't really want him at Port. Um, I'm not 
he's also not a player that if we drafted him, I'd say he's definitely going to fail. <laughs> you know, because yeah, I don't reckon he's that. He just he's he's like if you took Nathan Kruger and removed class and desperation, um, like that's that's how you get Charlie Ballard, which is a lot to take away. And I'm not saying you know 100 percent or anything, like that, but he just he just seems to be lacking. He's definitely for draft wise, he's third round or later. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've I've got a feeling a club's gonna go pretty early on him. I uh, hope so. I, I, I think <laughs> I can see a club sort of looking at that height, looking at the fact he wins the, a fair bit of the bowl, um, and can play through the midfield. They're, they're going to look at that and go, he can be a sort of plug and play guy that we can play sort of anywhere really, and uh, just let him do what he wants. Um, so I, I, there is a chance that he goes. In the twenties, I reckon. For me, like he's a guy that look in draft years. I'm always dubious of drafting utilities, um, and particularly early. This isn't particularly early though, but just as a general like drafting utilities sort of means I haven't found a role at underage level. And I feel like like he's not a guy that I would say is a lock in wingman. He could try and be a couple of things, third tall backman, maybe. That probably seems like a, a place where a guy with his character set would go or traits uh, set of traits would go. Yep. Um I don't I don't I don't have a lot of optimism for him. I think third tall forward. I can see how this might. Oh really? I can see him playing as that sort of third tall forward type role. Um uh, I think he's got he's got good stretch, he marks well marks at the highest point pretty well as well. I can see it I can see a club sort of looking to him and sort of thinking, yeah, I can maybe convert him into that sort of half-forward type role. Um, look, I think I think he comfortably sits in that sort of third round. I think there is definitely a chance. He's a bit of a wild card in this draft. He's he's one of those players where you think, oh, yeah, I think he'll go in the 40s, and then someone goes bang, yeah, like pick 18 or something something like that. I don't agree with that. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, look, I think... Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, look, third or fourth round for me is where I think he sort of sits. I think Brisbane in the 40s could do with him. Gold Coast in the 50s. I think Richmond might be keen. He looks like a Sydney-type player as well for me. And um, if he's there at 46 or 49 with our picks, I think there's a fair chance that uh, we might be interested too. I kind of hope not. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. Harrison Petty. Who's 194 centimetre, 81 kilo uh, player from Nord, plays as a key defender, uh, can play um, any of those roles down back. He can play tight, he can play as the third tall, can also play as a third tall forward too. It's a lot like sort of Jake Lever in that regard. Um, he was one of South Australia's real stars at the Champs. Mm. He averaged mm. um, 12 touches and four marks a game. Um, was rewarded with All Australian honours and uh, was also named South Australia's MVP for the championships too. So he certainly delivered on the highest stage there. Yeah, no, he's um, one of the few South Australian players that you say had a really good game against Vic Metro too, which is a nice thing to see. Yeah, um, absolutely. Particularly as yeah. the ball was constantly pelting down that end of the ground. Oh, he was um, probably our best player on that day. Oh, uh, comfortably, I reckon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, no, big rats to Harrison Petty. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's good. He's good. Tick <laughs> draft. <laughs> uh, he, I reckon he's probably going to go in the second round. Um, he could go yeah. earlier. Uh, if there's a club that says that there's really targeting a, a key back when that there's pretty much 
Like he could play, he could play certainly as a third tall backman in his first year, I reckon. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a I, good I side, but he could. He's almost plug and play. Um, <laughs> almost. He's pretty damn close to it. Yeah. Um, he's he play he plays like a player that's about five years older mentally. I reckon he's got good judgment. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I like him. He's 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 what you want. He so. looks mature. He takes strong grabs. He's very smart with the ball. Um, as I said, he can play really well defensively and, and play quite tight if you want him mm. to play that way. I think he suits more uh, going the other way where he can sort of zone off and uh, use his judgment a bit um, and really impact the play like that. Kind of like, as I said, like a Jakey Lever sort of player. Um, well, there's no doubt he's one of the best key position players in this year's draft pool. Quite simply, I think athletically he's, he's got it. I think his skill set is very, very strong. And I still think there's a lot of development left in him as well. Um, mm. I think he's a pretty safe pick for a key position player. Um, where do you, So you reckon he'll go sort of early, early second, second. Yeah, yeah, early second. Um, he could get, like I said, he could go earlier. Um, if there's a club that says they really want to keep Ackman, and you know, there probably is. So, yeah. Yeah, look, I think uh, Geelong with... Um, 22 or 24, I reckon he might go there. Yeah, I think yeah. um, certainly Sydney at 33 might be interested, or yes. certainly would be interested. I think the, uh, Collingwood at 38 would definitely be yeah. interested. I think if he gets to the Crows at 39, they would 100% take him. Um, if by some magical reason he, he falls to pick 46, I think we should definitely take him. Yeah, there's well. no doubt about that. Yeah, um, particularly lost and gone, like he's a straight swap there. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's all pretty fanciful because I think he'll be long gone by then. I agree. And, yeah. and like Ballard, it wouldn't surprise me if someone maybe goes a little bit early in the teens and says, "Hey, how you doing?" Um, yeah. You know, maybe someone like Gold Coast, quite potentially. Uh, Richmond might be another one. Um, so yeah, I think uh, there's definitely a hell of a lot to like about Harrison Petty. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. Pick. Pick. Please. Somehow. Bold <laughs> Please. That'd be great. That'd be nice. That would be great. Uh, mm. Last player we're going to talk about um, in depth is Don Barry, who's uh, experienced AFL footy before with Melbourne. Yeah. Um, he's a 180 centimetre, 76 kilo uh, wing or outside midfielder. Played uh, all year for Glenelg this year. Played every match for them in the SNFL and impressed... Oh, yeah, he averaged uh, 20 touches, 4 marks, 4 inside 50s a game and uh, kicked 16 goals in his 18 games too. Uh, I thought uh, one of the highlights uh, for him this year was his consistency. For someone who's been a pretty inconsistent player in the past, he only dropped below 15 disposals once during the year. So uh, he was very consistent in uh, just how much ball he was getting. Yeah, he's interesting. Um, so he was originally, I think, GWS list and he got traded over with Hogan and... Um... Apparently, oh, he had contract to go, and he just left and came back to Central Australia. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, if he's if he's nominating for the draft, he must be thinking an SA club's at least interested. You'd think if he's already left the AFL to be homesick once. Yeah. Um, and that's that's not a slam or anything. That's just you know, if he, if that's the situation, then you can't imagine he'd be all that keen on going to Brisbane, um, for example. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe maybe we're the club that's tapped him. Maybe the Crows are. But you'd have to think that probably one of us has. Uh, so he's definitely a player that I mean I don't know a lot about him. Um, obviously, if he's if he's if he's up and about, you'd think that one of the clubs is interested. I think he's definitely draftable. Um, mm. 
you know, he's as I said, he's, he's pretty consistent. I love his outside speed. Um, his ball carrying ability is great. Um, I think he's got really good skills. He impacts the contest. He he kicks goals. Uh, he can do sort of. Uh, you know, he can sort of go both ways as well. Um, yeah, whether uh, it's just a matter of who takes the risk with him, I guess. Um, and look, I certainly wouldn't be against us picking him up. I think um, he's the type of player that we would um, we would sort of need with the with Impy gone. We need some more pace and some more sort of run and carry through the midfield. Um, and look, him as a backup to Motlop and, and Polek, I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, well. Like that's what makes him like draft wise. It makes him interesting to work out where he'd go because it might be one of those situations where there's a club that's interested in him. Particularly, there might be others that are interested, but that they're not convinced they could make him stay, and they think uh, maybe not. Like he could be a guy that should be drafted in the main draft that might go with the last rookie pick to, like I said, the Crows or Port, um, yeah. just because no one else is really wanting to get in on that situation because it's not going to work out for them like it would work out for one of us. So. Um, yeah, yeah, hard to know, but it's interesting. Mm. It's interesting that he's he's up and about. So we we pick him with forty six or forty nine. You'd be all right with that? Oh no, because like I just like oh, look, I don't know the full. I won't know the full circumstances. But if he's if we if he's in the draft and he's not very much in the category of I want to stay in Adelaide. Um, and there's a bunch of other clubs swooping, then I don't know whether I'd really be all that keen on using that pick on him. Okay. Um, and that's not to say he couldn't work out, but just I feel like we could get him later. <laughs> so, yeah. Like if he's there at that pick, I would think, yeah, I'll hang out and hold out and wait for that third pick of ours to come up, and then if he's there, we take him, and if he goes in between, well, okay. Um, but just because I reckon he could drop. I think I think... I think that's a market play more than a player value thing. Um, yeah. What I'm saying, yeah. Look, I think he's matured. Like he he left to re- sort of rediscover himself, I guess, and his Aboriginality, if if that's a word. Um, which he's obviously done. He's come back to South Australia. Uh, he's played some great footy. Um, I reckon he's ready to go. I reckon. Um, in, in terms of his football, he's ready to go. In terms of his mindset, he's ready to go. Uh, I, I think there might be better players available with 46 and 49, but certainly through the, through our 50s pick, um, I reckon he's a big chance. And look, if he's there, as I said, I reckon he, he's great backup for uh, Motlop and Polek and uh, could easily sort of work his way into a regular game as well. Yeah, and look, I mean... Like I said before, it might even be that there's only one club that's really in with a shot, in which case he might go much later as well. He might be a rookie pick even. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm. Well, look, let's talk about Jordan Sweet, who is uh, <laughs> someone that um, a bunch of people on Bigfooty wanted us to, to talk about. And also, look, he's been one of the most talked about players on our board uh, for the last two years, really. Um Lots of people wanted us to pick him last year. Lots of us want to pick him this year. Um, what do you think of Jordan Sweet? I, I, look, I mean, I, I said what I needed to say on him last year, which is I, I didn't think he was necessarily... I didn't think he was particularly up to it, and certainly none of the clubs did. Uh, I, I, my question to you is, what's changed? What's changed this year that we should think any differently? Uh, look, I think he's matured a fair bit in, in terms of his football. I think... Um, look, I really like the way that he plays. Um 
and I think uh, in his couple of games at senior level this year, I, I think he showed that. Um, you know, he, he was really impressive uh, in round 14. I thought um, he was very, very consistent all years, all year in the reserves. Um, look, we, we can if we want a young ruckman, uh, and that's the big question: do we want? Uh, well, a do we want a ruckman on, on our list? Another one. Um, and B, is it someone that can sort of plug and play straight away or is it someone that can develop? If we're wanting someone that can develop, um, I think he's certainly in, in consideration. Yeah. I, look, I mean, I, I just... In this I draft, guess... I think who's going to be a better Ruckman that's going to be available at our pick? I'm not even worried about... That I just think like the type of ruckman is like he he is just a ruckman, isn't he? Um, uh, well, he needs to improve his marking, I think. Um, but outside of that, I think uh, he can play forward and can kick goals, and he did that a lot last year. I think he kicked six goals in one game last year. Um, so I think he's certainly got that in him. Yeah, uh, I just not I'm not convinced he's worth it, really. Um, he didn't have seem to have a lot of leap. Okay, this is my last year's night. He didn't seem to have a lot of leap. He looked more athletic like he is. I already mentioned that tonight. Um, in that he just didn't seem to really be all that focused when he played. In my view, he just I don't know. I'm not like we've got we've got Laddams and we've got um, oh, what's his name Frampton, and I don't see a point of having a guy who's comfortably behind both of those and I don't think he's got I don't think Sweet has shown enough to say he's going to be an AFL Ruckman from what I have seen last year so unless something's really big has changed in the in-between period I, I just don't understand why you'd add him now because I, has his, like, do you think his improvement this year has been more than he would have had for after one year on a rookie list? Oh. I, I'm not convinced it would be would it? That's a tough question to answer I think because Oh, it's a really tough question to answer. That it's, the main, it's the big question, though, isn't it? You know, like if all he's done is do what you would have expected. You're playing to, as to a part-time. You're doing part-time training as opposed to you know at, at an AFL club in an AFL system every single day. Well, that's um, true. It, it's hard to answer that one. Mm. Look, I, I think there's a lot to like about him. I, you know, if we do choose to pick him, oh, look, it, it would be as a rookie pick. Um, I think he's. Probably one of the better value rucks that's going to go through the rookie draft if he does get picked up. And look, if we call his name out, I'd be okay with that. Because I think 202 centimetre ruckman, he's a good size. He's got a really nice right foot kick. Um, if he, you know, He's probably not the quickest guy going around, but I think his ruck work is, is excellent. Um, and there is something to work there. Yeah, all right. I'm... I'm disinterested um if we pick him up sure okay it's the last rookie last rookie pick or something i'm just not convinced that it's even worth doing no worries that's all good um right so that's it are there any players that you wanted to bring up that weren't part of that main part there look the only one i really want to bring up that we haven't talked about so far is brandon zirk thatcher um because of his name isn't it it's not because of his name. It, it's because he just, like, he... 
I talked about how smushed. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not sure. But Zach Thatcher, like, he's got desperation, and I like that. <laughs> he's a, he's a, okay, he's, he's a, probably a third-tall backman, pretty much. Yeah. Um, potentially. No, no, he's a third-tall backman, let's be honest. Um, he's got a really good brain. He's got excellent recovery. Like, he hurdled, you know, two guys fell to ground in front of him, and he hurdled him to get to a contest and won it. Um, yeah. one time this year, he's, he's, he's got camo shade qualities, let's be frank, in terms of his, <laughs> his ability to sort of run around the back line and sometimes look brilliant and sometimes look like he's just running to the contest to lose it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that is because he's running so much because he is so, such a desperate player. So I like him. I don't know where he fits in, in a Port Adelaide sense or even in an AFL list sense, but gee, look, I mean, I think there's enough there that hopefully someone's having a good look and maybe he's a rookie pick at least. Look, potentially he is an overager, and uh, he did play um, at the champs. So mm. well, there's certainly, um, I think, clubs that would be interested in him. Um, and you're right; I, I do think he's quite desperate. I think that's um, that's a good quality to have. Um, the thing that I don't like about him was his one-on-one defending on taller opponents. I thought was yeah. a complete liability, and that's going to hold against him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then again, here's another way to look at it. Maybe it is part of a team defence. You can hear my um, quotation marks around that. Mm. Um, maybe that lets him actually play to his strengths, which is having a crack at every contest he can, uh, running like a madman and um, applying offensive pressure or defensive pressure. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, next one I want to quickly discuss is Sam Davis, who's 193-centimetre utility um, who plays kind of like a Matthew Panos type role. He can play through the uh, he can play okay. through the midfield and get a lot of the ball. He's a again he's a big ball magnet uh, through the midfield. Gets a lot of clearances. Um, is very very clever with the ball. He can also play as that third tall sort of Tom Lynch Crows type uh, type player as well. Uh, I think there's there's certainly something there. Um, and I think there's certainly something that's draftable there. I just haven't seen enough of him to, to make a real sort of conclusion, but um, I think there is a core AFL-type footballer there. Yeah, okay. I don't know anything much about him at all, so okay. I can't comment. And the other one is uh, Josh Smithson from West Adelaide, who's 184 cm. He finished... Uh, uh, I think runner-up in the Tompkins McCallum medal at under-18s level this year. Um, played the one game at the Champs and uh, and kicked three goals. Look, he's quite explosive. He's got really good core strength um, through the midfield. Uh, it, it reminds me a bit like a like a faster Luke Tapscott, I guess, which is meant to be a, a positive, not a negative. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Panos I'm, and I'm, Luke Tapscott, you're really oh, cracking mate, out I'm, the, the I'm really, positives. I'm uh, really selling it here, aren't I? Uh, but look, there, I think there is a lot to like about Josh Smithson as well. Again, I haven't seen enough of him play. I, I, he's one that I really, really want to see more of because I think um, his running capability is quite good. I think his ability to break tackles is really, really good. I think um, he's got a real thirst for the contest, which is great. He can kick goals. He can play through the midfield. Uh, again, I think there is a core AFL footballer there, um, but I just need to see more of him play. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Luke Tapscott, honestly. Luke Tapscott. <laughs> he, I don't know. I'm not sure if it, maybe it's just his haircut. I don't know if uh, if that's the only thing that reminds me of him. But uh, 
that's the first thing that came to mind where I saw him play. I was like, oh, Luke Tapscott. Um, but obviously a bit taller too. Um, cool. That's it. All right. Was Not a long bad. One. That was a long one. We, uh, well, Seth's an, an interesting play. group. Very varied group. Um, yes, yes. And not a lot of first rounders in that lot either. No, not really. I think, obviously, Fogarty will go first round. I think uh, Houlihan, half a chance. Ballard, a, a sneaky, sneaky chance. Um, but outside of that, uh, that's about it. Oh, I forgot. There is one oh. player left. Mitchell Mead. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Big Meadie's eldest son. Yeah. Who, uh, who becomes eligible as a father-son this year. Uh, who is a midfielder, has played some really, really good footy at under-18 level for Woodville West Torrens this year. Averaged um, just under 20 disposals a game. Uh, kicked uh, 13 goals for the season. Had some really, really big games, like uh, 34 touches, 9 marks, uh, 2 goals, uh, 7 inside 50. So he does get a lot of the footy. Is he a tall midfielder or a small mm. midfielder? Uh I don't know his exact height, but he looks sort of one between 180 and 185, I would say. Okay. Right. Um, look, I don't know if this is an SANFL thing where if you're a son of anyone that's played for the Crows, you get a crack in the SA State side and if you played for Port, bad luck. Um, <laughs> if you don't play for Port, bad luck. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, I can imagine that's easy to believe. Um, yeah, I don't know. If, look, if the club like him, they'll they'll pick him up. And if, if they don't think he's got it, they'll say try harder, and we'll look at you again next year. Mm. That's, that's really it. You know, that's the good thing about father son is that until you use it the first time, I don't think you, I don't, I don't know if it wears off. Does it wear off? No, I don't think it does. Um. So yeah, no. If he wants, if he's, if he has to play as a nineteen-year-old, get the year in SNFL or VFL or whatever else he decides to do, um, maybe he'll get a crack then. I don't know. Look, I'm not against giving him the last spot on the rookie list. To be honest, just just to see what he can do. Um, he's picked up a lot of the ball this year. Uh, he's a good hard tackler. There's a lot to like about him. I think his his brother's definitely going to be better. I think he was named under 16 state captain this year, Jackson Meat. Um, so I think there's definitely something there um, to look forward to. And with uh, Trent Burgoyne in the same draft as well, I think um, we'll be pretty happy with that crop. Um, but look, you're probably right. Give him another 12 months and, and see what he can do through sort of reserves level and, and possibly senior level at the Eagles. Yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't. It, it doesn't seem to me he's a player that other clubs are going to jump on. So, um, you know, this might be a weak draft year, but that's not to say there's not a bunch of 18 year olds that aren't going to get drafted. Yeah. So, right there we go. Good All start. right, cool. What's next week? Uh, next week is uh, Vic Metro. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I thought it was WA. Cool. Excellent. Vic Metro. Oh, wow. wow. Vic Metro. So we'll get to talk about some uh, high draft picks, I guess. Yeah, we'll get to pick, we'll get to talk about all the excellent players we have no chance of getting. No Whoa. chance of getting at all. How wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's, it. It's a different kind of agony, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yes, definitely. All right. Until next okay. time. Come the Lovely. Come, Ports. Step up on the plate, don't <laughs> Every kid in the backyard with the big trees lined up with the footy before mum calls you in for dinner. The shot for goal after the siren to win it. Jared Poulton, your time has come. Drop part. Your time has come.
What a win!